enjoy the attic to Sabrina. Anubis, backwards. See what I did there? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Anubis Backwards podcast. I am Lara. I'm from America. I'm Brenna. I'm also from America, obviously. I'm Emily. I'm from America and I'm at a laundry now. It's fun. We're on location. What up? We're on location because today is the very first episode with the laundry room in it. I believe that it wasn't in the pilot. It is. It is in the pilot? Okay, I'm wrong. Fake fan. I don't think it's in the pilot. No, no, no. It's not in the pilot. Oh, okay. It's the first laundry room episode. Woohoo. We love the laundry room. Okay. I like how we're getting excited about this. The laundry room is a very important location to me and House Anubis, but we'll get into that later in season one. Anyway, today's episode is House of Locks slash House of Eyes. This is the first episode that we're recording since we've launched the podcast. The last episode you heard, you heard two episodes, you heard our intro episode, and you heard our episode review of the first episode of House of Anubis. Both of those we had recorded before we launched either of them. So, thank you everyone for your love and support on both episodes. We very much appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, I'm so excited. Thank you guys for listening. It makes me so happy. I keep reading those Instagram DMs and I never respond to them just because I don't know what to say. But you all make me so soft. You give me the warm and fuzzies. So, do we want to get into the episode? Let's do it. I guess. Might as well. Okay, so we start with the theme song of course and then we cut immediately where we left off the last episode so nina is in the attic she's panting she's looking stressed out victor's coming up the stairs screaming what's that who's there and nina is looking for a place to hide so she stumbles and falls into this like panel secret room of the attic and victor comes to the attic and is looking around the flashlight but he doesn't see nina because she's hidden the panel thing kind of closed and he just sees a mouse. He hisses at the mouse and then he walks away and leaves. And then Nina hears Victor leave. She's very relieved and she tries to find a way out of the secret room. She's feeling along the wall trying to get out. And then we cut to downstairs. We see Amber kind of sneaking out of her room and we also see Fabian sneaking out and they run into each other in the hallway. I kind of corrected this later, but the way that it's kind of cut in the scene, it kind of looks like Fabian is coming out of his room and Amber's coming out of her room and they're across the hall from each other because they kind of run into each other. But we know it's not actually Fabian's room because he lives downstairs and the girls live upstairs. Yeah, that was confusing. But then I think we realized like with the way the layout of the house is later that there's just like a door. Once you come upstairs... There's a door that separates, like, the top of the stairs and the hallway, so I'm assuming that's where he came from. But at first I was like, did he go hide in someone's room? Yeah, like, I don't know. That is kind of odd, though. Like, why would there be a door after you come up the stairs that you have to open? It's very strange. I think it's, I don't know if it's, like, a privacy thing, because when I was trying to do my Sims build, which I gave up on, I cut, took so many caps, and there's a really clear shot of it in Tor. Where they're upstairs and there's like a weird little hall there's like the door there's a weird little hallway that i don't know if that would be like where rudy's room is maybe and then there's the girls room and i think the bathroom is on one of the sides i just can't remember right now it's been a hot minute since i obsessed over the house for me to play out that makes sense also my my one note on this is literally just amber that's it that's my comment i kind of ship it i don't know i like friendship it for sure i don't know if i like ship it ship it yeah, that's true. 
yeah, I think Amber would drive Fabian crazy if they actually, like, dated. I don't think it would work. But they're yeah, wonderful friends. They are good friends. Yeah, I don't know. I think that Fabian's too, like, a smarty man and Amber would be saying, like, ditzy things. Yeah, that's what I think. Okay. So Fabian whispers to Amber, is she still up there? But she shushes him because Victor's coming. And then Victor comes out of the attic door right next to them. And Amber grabs Fabian. They go hide in the doorway. And then Victor locks the door to the attic. And Amber and Fabian are kind of like peeping out from the behind the door. And then when Victor like walks by, they duck. But they look really obvious. I really don't know how Victor didn't catch them when they were doing this. I feel like that's just like a theme of season one. Like they're constantly like almost getting caught and being not very sneaky at all. And he never sees them. It's like he's blind. I don't know. <laughs> They get away with a lot. So Fabian and Amber realize that Victor didn't catch Nina and they decide to get the key to the attic from Patricia. So then they like storm into Patricia's room and Patricia's like asleep. And Fabian's like, give me the key. And Patricia said she doesn't have it. And then Amber says that she's lying, but she says that she's being serious and that she had thrown the key out the window. Why would you throw the key out the window? Also, like, why did I just, why do I always assume that the windows are like nailed shut? I don't know. I just feel like it's weird. We never see them open. That's true. I guess it's like cold in England. Maybe they don't ever need to open a window. I don't know. They got a good AC heat system. I just want to know why Patricia didn't like hide the key under her mattress or like in a random drawer or in a pocket. Because like she she knew she locked Nina up there. So she really just wanted Nina to stay up there. If she was like, I really don't like Nina. I'm going to throw this key out the window. She ain't ever coming out the end. It was probably one of those things that was, like, really satisfying in the moment to just, like, chuck it out the window. And as soon as it leaves her hand, she's like, oh, shit, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but now i got to own up to it. Patricia was in bed asleep. She was like, I do not care about Nina at all. I pretend I do not see. Now we're back in the attic and... Nina's still in this room, and she sees, like, this, like, hole in the wall that shapes, like, the way her locket is shaped, like, the eye, and it's glowing, like, it's glowing red at her, and she holds her locket up, and her locket also starts glowing, so she puts her locket in the hole, the whole thing glows, the door opens, it lets her back into the attic, so then she's looking around the attic, and she finds that the room she just came from is closed off by the wall, or the panel thing again, and then... She sees that on the outside of the panel, there's another similar hole that's shaped like her locket. So we get a flashback, and apparently when she was stumbling around, running away from Victor, that her locket magically slipped into this (laughs) whole thing and (laughs) let her into the room. So convenient. Very conveniently, Nina stumbled in her locket, like, fell in at the exact right time. At the right angle, too, like, damn, girl. So she opens up the panel thing again with her locket, and she sees, like, this brief flash of, like, red glowing eyes from this painting. The ghost. The ghost. Yeah, I think there's actually secretly a ghost in the attic. So now we're back into Patricia's room, and Baby and Amber are like, what window did you throw the key out of? And Patricia's like, I think it fell in the bushes, which isn't a real answer to that question, but okay. And Amber's upset because that means they're going to have to wait until the morning to find the key. So they think Nina's going to be stuck up there all night. So then Amber's thinking that they should tell Victor everything. And Patricia's like, don't do that. Fabian said they can't just leave Nina up in the attic. So then him and Amber go leave the room. 
and they go to the attic door and they start whispering Nina at the door. Yeah, I was wondering what they were trying to do. Like, I don't know if she was all the way upstairs. Was she really going to hear them going, Nina, Nina? Like, what was that going to do? Maybe they thought she'd come back down to the door. I don't know. Maybe. So then they kind of start saying it louder a little bit. And then Nina stumbles out and, like, they get really scared and, like, scream. I mean, they're valid. I, too, would scream. Oh, Amber's wearing a skirt and leggings to bed. Like, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why is that a look that you went with for your pajamas? I can't tell if it's a skirt or, like, a tank top that's really long, like, layered under the shirt. Very, like, early 2000s. Should I try it? Should I wear a skirt and leggings to bed tonight, guys? So, then Nina says, what's the matter? You guys look like you've seen a ghost. And Amber questioned how Nina got out of the attic. Nina showed them that, like, she got out by picking the lock with a bobby pin. So then Fabian asks Nina if she's okay. Amber starts questioning her about what was in the attic and if she saw ghosts. Nina saw she saw mice, spiders, rats. Amber says Nina's brave and then says goodnight and leaves. And then Fabian tells Nina she's brave and Nina tells him not to tell Patricia, but it took her three tries to get the clip in the lock. And then he's like, your secret's safe with me. And then he goes to bed. But they're being, like, really, really flirty here with each other. Yeah, I was like, oh, right. I really shipped Fabina season one, didn't I? Like, they're actually pretty cute in the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, they were kind of cute. I was surprised that I was, like, really kind of into it. Yeah, like, not that I don't ship them, but they just get so problematic later that I kind of forgot that they were cute in the beginning. And I was, like, really living for their little, like, flirty friendship moments in this episode. I love the season one Fabina, and it's just one of those ships where it sucks because you like, every time I rewatch season one, I go, oh man, I really love the ship. It's like, great, their buildup is phenomenal. There's just so much to enjoy about them. And then it's like, you get to season two and all that stuff happens. And it's just like, I don't like this. This isn't the ship I want to root for anymore. Yeah, right now we're in episode two and they're flirting and they're being cute. So then Fabian walks away. Nina's like, Staring dramatically at her locket, I guess, because she realizes that her locket has powers now that it was glowing and stuff. So then we cut to the next morning, and Nina walks into the breakfast, and Alfie and Jerome start clapping for her. And then Jerome says that they thought Victor was going to get her, and Alfie says that he thought zombies were going to get her. And then Nina said there were no zombies, but there were a bunch of rat bones in the attic. Which is gross. How did she know they were rat bones, though? It's Martin? How did you know that? Nina is actually secretly, like, really smart, and she just knows, like, what rat bones look like off the top of her head. She said she was into taxidermy, obviously, in the last episode, so, like, you know. Plot was she was telling the truth. She can identify uh, all dead animals. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh... anyway (laughs) so they all are very impressed with nina and they keep asking her questions about being in the attic except for patricia who's just glaring at nina across the table and then amber calls nina brave again and then fabian's like even you have to admit patricia nina passed her initiation test with flying colors but patricia is not about it (laughs) then Patricia said that Nina failed her initiation test because she didn't bring anything back, but Nina shows them she took a book from the attic, and everyone's like really impressed with Nina, and Patricia like storms off and Mara follows her. 
And I said Patricia and Mara's friendship is really cute in like the very early episodes, and I kind of wish that continued as. And then, see, when I was like watching this, I went and read Laura's notes right after I watched this scene, and I was like, "Wow, look at that like really nice comment about the character development." Meanwhile, all I could think about was how half of them didn't have ties on. Like that was what I spent the entire scene thinking about. I was like, "Why don't they all have their ties on? Why don't like some of them have their ties on?" So just, you know, pointing out the important stuff here. <laughs> That's also in my notes, though. That was something I commented on. Laura's like, oh, look, lovely friendship. You and I are like, why they... Ha-? I, like, kind of noticed that Alfie, like, had his tie half on, but I thought they were just getting dressed at breakfast, so I didn't care that Yeah, that's probably, I mean, that's probably what was going on. Like, they weren't ready to go to school yet, so they didn't put their ties on, which, understandable. Those things are not comfortable. Someone teach these kids to wear their ties to breakfast, or at least bring breakfast at least Alfie brought his tie with him to breakfast like where are the others they have to go back to their rooms and get them which for the boys fine it's across the hallway from the dining room but the girls have to go upstairs like what if you're running late ladies I know so much effort what are they doing they're like oh no I'm late to class I have to put my tie on (laughs) Nina's walking to school and Fabian comes like running because I guess Nina left before Fabian, maybe she already had her tie on and Fabian had to go get his or something. He's running. <laughs> maybe like, can't be late. Can't be late for class. Yeah, so she was walking casually. Fabian runs up to her and then he's like, do you fancy walking over with me? And she's like, oh yeah, okay, sure. I would fancy that. And then says that it all takes some getting used to and then Fabian jumps into the bushes and she calls that weird even for England because as we all know Nina is from America she has never (gasps) heard a British slang in her life wait Nina's American Nina's American I'm so (laughs) shook I had no idea okay wow Nina's going oh this is weird even for England like ma'am you've been there for like a week at most like why do you think England is that weird? <laughs> I mean, other than the fact that, like, her locket is, like, glowing and weird stuff in the attic is glowing, that's what I would think is weird. But that's not, like, a British thing. I don't know what's going on with her. They're just continuing to emphasize, like, in case it wasn't clear, Nina is American. Wow. They're just really, really driving that home. Fabian says that he's looking for something. Nina's like, what is it? And then Fabian is, like, in the bushes. Climbing on his hands and knees, and then Jerome and Alfie just like run past him and almost like knock into Nina because I guess they're also running late. This is what happens when no one has their ties on. (laughs) (laughs) So then Fabian finally finds the key in the bushes. He gets up, and then Nina pokes like flirtily kind of takes the leaf out of his hair. Yes, again with the really cute like Fabian Nina stuff. Like it was really sweet. The whole, I don't know, they're just, they're cute. I like it. Fabian's like, we gotta put the key back in Victor's office before he realizes it's gone. And Nina's like, no, I need that because we're going back in the attic. And she takes it away from him. And Fabian's like, why are you going back in the attic? You're gonna get caught. Nina's like, being up there is the first time since I've been at school. I'm not worried about Gran or getting Patricia to like me and that I really need to know. And Fabian's like, what do you need to know? And she said that she thinks she saw someone up there. And it's like, it might be Joy. <laughs> Imagine if they were hiding Joy in the attic this entire time. <laughs> in the attic. <laughs> like, oh my god, I'm blanking on the book. Where's the book where someone's in, like, in the attic the entire time? Um, Flowers in the, in the Attic? Oh, 
or Jane Eyre. Oh. Isn't there like a secret? <laughs> yeah. They are in the attic the whole time and flowers in the attic. I'm not wrong. You are wrong, but that seems like a really interesting book to bring up. <laughs> she does her in the attic. Yeah, well, there's lots of books about attics, Tara. We got that one, Jane Eyre. It could be anything. Flowers in the Attic is a book about, like, insects. Why is this, like, making fun of me? We have gone off the rails again, guys. Uh, one of our followers, uh, Sinya, at Sinya Reads, is reading Flowers in the Attic, so that's probably why it was in my head. Shout out for uh, predicting something we would say in an episode that was really unexpected. I don't think I've even ever read the books, but I did watch the movie. Was there someone in there that we liked? Because didn't we all watch the movie? I don't think I did. Yes, Mason died, I think. Did we just like him because he's hot, or was he in something else? I think we just thought he was hot. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know. So it was men being hot that we were watching a movie about incest for him. This won't be the first time we watch movies for people who are hot. So and it won't be the last. <laughs> so okay, it also it was obviously not joy. Like it was blatantly a painting. It was not a human being. Like if there was a human being in the attic and Nina was up there, why wouldn't she talk to her? True, you think she would be like, hey, you found me, help me. <laughs> Joy was, like, trapped in the attic. Why would she be like, yo, help me out? Um, so, Baby gives Nina a weird look, so then she's like, I guess I'm being crazy. And then we cut to the school, and Jerome and Alfie are kind of goofing off in the halls, and for some reason, Jerome has no shoes on. Or, like, he has one of his shoes off. I saw that, too. Like, he's just holding it in his hand, and he puts it on. I don't... Why was it off? Who knows? We may Jerome never know. Alfie, like had none of their clothes on to go to the school to the point where they ran all the way to school and Jerome had no shoes on. No ties, no shoes. Like these kids need to get their stuff together. What is please, going please, on? Please get dressed. So then Jerome tells Alfie that he should do something romantic for Amber because she made the first move by kissing him in this Romeo and Juliet scene. And Alfie says, what should I do? And Jerome says the maestro has some tricks up his sleeve. And then Alfie's like, who's that? And Jerome says that he's the maestro. And then Alfie says that Jerome always changes nicknames and that last week he was Captain Spaghetti. Yeah, my guess is maybe he got Captain Spaghetti from the food fight episode from last week. Maybe. (laughs) We're going to give Jerome a a nickname of the week from now on. (laughs) Yeah, since apparently, you know, his nicknames change often according to Alfie. So then Mara and Patricia walk by to go to the lockers and Mara says she doesn't understand why Patricia is so upset about Nina like passing the test. And then Patricia's like, it's not about that. I'm the only one who's taking Joy disappearing seriously. Joy would have called me by now. And Mara's like, yeah, that is strange. And Patricia said they're all more interested in bunning up with Nina than caring about Joy and they all think that Joy never existed. But I think the teachers are the only people who are acting like Joy never existed. Take. No, I think that's. I would agree with that. <laughs> and then Patricia takes what I thought was a pocket knife, but may have been a ruler. I think it was um, a ruler. <laughs> I was like, Patricia whipped out a pocket knife, but I think it actually was a ruler because she does use a ruler later in the episode. And she starts breaking into Joy's locker, and Mara's like, you can't do that. So then Patricia gets into the locker, and Mr. Sweet appears and tells her that vandalism will not be tolerated, and that she's gonna pay to fix the locker, and she's grounded. But, like, 
what does being grounded mean? Right? Like, because they don't, they don't ever really go anywhere. At least not in this season, it doesn't seem like. Like, it's implied they go places in later seasons. And, like, it's just, I don't know. But I also know that in season three, they go into, like, a full house grounding slash lockdown. Where they can literally only go to class and the house. But, I mean, they do go out and they do stuff outside of the house, like, in the yard. So, I don't know if that's a good grounding slash detention or whatever. So then Patricia just kind of ignores Mr. Sweet grounding her and he's she's like, what did you do with Joy? Where is she? And he's like, pull yourself together, young lady, and just leaves. And Patricia's like, I want Joy's phone, home phone number, but he's just ignoring it. Mara goes to comfort Patricia and kind of puts her hand on her shoulder and Patricia's like, leave me alone. I really like Patricia and Mara's friendship. I said it once, I'll say it again. I think it's very cute. I am very sad that they kind of drifted apart as... Patricia got in Sabuna and Mara was just only hanging out with Mick at Forgerome. I kind of forgot that their friendship was even this close because they really don't interact too much beyond early season one. So it is really sweet. We cut to the classroom and Amber walks up to Mick and it's all like, hi, and he just straight up ignores her. <laughs> and then she sits next to Mara and is like, oh, Mick's still pretending to be jealous and he's going to make a big gesture soon to try to get me back. And Mara's just looking at her and she looks kind of sad and like, girl, what? And I also like how Amber doesn't think Mick is like jealous for real. She thinks he's like faking it. Like she straight up kissed another man on stage when it wasn't in the script for no reason to purposely make him jealous. Then she's like, oh, he's just faking it. I'm shook that he's mad about this. I know it's so funny that she doesn't it doesn't click and I like it kind of feels like Mara wants to tell her but then doesn't and then in my head I'm like she doesn't want to tell Amber because she wants them to break up so that she can be with Mick but that's probably not the case I'm just getting ahead of myself kind of want to be with Mick but I don't know if she's trying to screw Amber over either but Amber's also being yeah I don't think she would do that Amber is being stupid Amber's like I purposely am trying to make this man jealous Purposely tries to make this man jealous. Man gets jealous. Amber. Surprise Pikachu. (laughs) (laughs) That's gonna be the meme I'll make. I only make Mick and Amber memes. (laughs) I love it. So then Fabian and Nina walk into the classroom. Fabian's asking Nina if the panel just opened when she fell against it. And she's like, sort of. And he's like, what kind of answer is that? And she's like, there's some some other things. Mysteriously, and then Fabian's like, Nina, you're a real girl of mystery, and is like, if you're gonna go up the attic again, I'm gonna go with you. And then she's like, that was forceful. And he's like, you can trust me. And then Nina told Fabian she's gonna tell him her secret before he does anything drastic to prove his loyalty. They're like just majorly flirting here. So flirty. Like, oh, but I'm enjoying it. I'm having a fun time. So while everyone else is in class, Patricia is not in class. She's in the bathroom and she's using a ruler to peel a tile off the wall. And there's just a hole in the wall that she can peek through and spy into Mr. Sweet's office. Let me know. Why is this hole there? Yeah, like, why is there a hole there? How does Patricia know there's a hole there? There's a hole in the bathroom that you can spy into Mr. Scoot's office. Like, I need a backstory on this. Did Patricia put it there? <laughs> but then, like, if she put it there, why did she need to spy on Mr. Sweet, like, before all this happened? I don't know. I have a lot of questions. 
in Mr. Sweet's office, as Patricia's like spying on them, Miss Andrews is all like, Patricia's gonna calm down eventually. Mr. Sweet is like, this all could have been avoided had we been less hasty. Facts. Why is Mr. Sweet the only... So who has the brain cell of the adults? Mr. Sweet always, the rest of them are dogs. And then he's like, the betrayer is long dead. I don't know what he's talking about. Miss Andrews says Victor's thought caution was our best option and that she agrees with Victor. But were they being cautious? Because Sweet is telling them they're being stupid and I tend to agree with Mr. Sweet. I also tend to agree with Mr. Sweet. So then Mr. Sweet says Patricia is determined to find out what happened to Joy and she's not going to let it go. And Miss Andrews like, we must be equally as determined to make sure she never finds out there's too much at stake. And Patricia stops them and we see her kind of crying. Patricia goes back in the hallway and she's like, Mara, something bad happened to Joy and the teachers are involved in it and I need your help. And Mara's like, uh-oh. Also, what is the timeline on this? So they were in class. And then Patricia was in the bathroom. And now, I guess they're not in class because Mara is not in class and we saw her in class earlier. Maybe, like, it was right after the class let out. Maybe it's between classes. I don't know. Did Patricia, like, just ditch class for a really long time to go to the bathroom and spy? Long enough that class let out. Patricia's like, I need Joy's home phone number because I need to talk to her parents because I don't think her parents even know anything about her disappearance, which makes me kind of sad because her parents obviously orchestrated this. Poor Joy. Poor Joy. As always. So then Patricia's like, Mara, acts as a lookout. I'm going to go to Mr. Sweet's office and steal Joe's files. And Mara's just like, what? Mara's not about this. Patricia's kind of forcing her into the situation. <laughs> we always say Mara should be in Sabuna, but maybe this is why she, she wasn't in Sabuna or wouldn't be in Sabuna because she's just a rule follower. And Sabuna does not follow the rules. Sabuna's <laughs> like ditching class all the time and like never following the rules and just being chaotic and I think Mara would kind of panic as we see in this scene she's just like freaking out yeah and like why are you dragging me into this so maybe yeah that's why that maybe we're wrong when we say that Mara would be really good at being a Sabuna because she's smart because she also follower yeah we cut back to the house and we see Alfie and Jerome are in Amber's room because I guess they just kind of walked up in there and Amber wasn't there so they're laying out a message that they wrote out of candy that says, meet me in the laundry room tonight, 11 p.m. XX, and they signed it A. So then Alfie's like, is the laundry room a dumb place to have a date? And Jerome's like, nah, it's intimate. And then after Alfie leaves, we see Jerome took the letter A and ate it. I feel so Don't bad, too, because me. Jerome is, like, so hyping him up in this just to screw him over. Like, Why? What did Alfie do to Jerome? He did nothing. And then that I would not eat loose candy off a of bed, but maybe that's my 2020 talking. True, like, we're in the age of the coronavirus now. We think about these things. What if Amber's bed's dirty? Like, We don't know what's been happening in that bed. I was even trying to, like, imply that, but, like, I feel like I have. I mean, before she tried to make Mick jealous, her and Mick were dating. But now he's mad because she kissed Alfie, so... It's fine. So then we see Amber come into the room and say that she obviously made Mick wild with jealousy because he wants to meet her in the laundry room tonight. And Nina's like, do you know that this was Mick that sent the message? And Amber's like, of course it was Mick. And then says that Nina always misses things because she's American. And Amber calls her dumb because she's American. (laughs) She's not wrong. However, Nina kind of had a point here. Two episodes in a row, Nina being smart. What's happening? 
Amber is like currently in the scene wearing like a cute dress, but she's also trying to pick out an outfit so she can look cute to go on her laundry room date. Amber is usually always like on point with her fashion, yeah. so that checks out. <laughs> so then we see Victor doing his pin drop speech. It just cuts to that. It's 10 p.m. <laughs> I just started commenting on the cinematography for some reason. I really like the high angle shot that they always do of Victor's pin drop. I don't know. I think it's cool. They're like up on the balcony or something on the second floor, like looking down on him. Guess which one of us went to like film school? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't me. Surprise, it was me. So then we cut back to Jerome and Alfie's room, and Alfie's standing in front of a mirror wearing his look, which consists of a suit jacket, a bow tie, and a t-shirt. And he has a rose that he got from I don't know where. So then Alfie's like, are you sure this is a good idea? And Jerome's like, yes, this is a great idea. You're a single successful guy in a very shiny suit. And what girl could resist you? And Alfie's like, you're right. I'm a catch. And Jerome is hyping him up. And after Alfie leaves the room, Jerome's like evilly cackling. And calls Alfie a poor, sweet, stupid fool. That's so mean. So mean. I don't understand. I thought they're supposed to be best friends, but Jerome's just being really mean and hyping him up just to, like, get him let down. Tear him down. Like, why? I don't know. Jerome is an interesting character. <laughs> um, but, also, we can't go an episode without thirsting over an Anubis boy, so Eugene Simon running his fingers through his hair, though? Like, mm. If I wasn't so mad at Jerome, I'd grow thirst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> we cut to the upstairs hallway and Fabian's sneaking upstairs. He knocked on Nina's door and he's like, are you ready? And she's like, yes. And then this is where we kind of realize that there was a door between the stairs and the hallway and not Fabian hiding in someone else's room. Yes, this clarified our confusion earlier in the episode. And then we see Amber walking out of her room and she's like, Fabian and Nina, are you on a date too? And they like aggressively deny it. So then she leaves. And she looks very cute. And then I said, if this was actually Mick, the man would show up in a sweaty sports outfit, which is the only outfit he knows how to wear. But he does kind of look good like that, so I guess I can't hate too much. Oh, but, like, it was so valid, too. Like, he would, it would be so low-key. He'd be like, oh, yeah, like, whatever. We're just gonna go meet in the laundry room. And Amber shows up in, like, her beautiful gown. <laughs> and, like, heels, hair, makeup, done. Dress, on point, Mick, sweaty sports outfit. Like, oh, I just went on, like, a midnight run. Sorry, babe. You know? <laughs> He does kind of look hot, so it's fine. We yeah. love, love a good sweaty, we love sweaty Mick Mo- Sweaty Bobby Lockwood. <laughs> and Baby and Nina protest too much about not being on a date. Yeah, because they're starting <laughs> to like each other, and it's adorable. Fabian and Nina sneak up to the attic, and she's like, are you ready? And he's like, as ready as I'll ever be. And then he's like, do you need a torch? And she's like, I don't think setting this place on fire will help. And then he's like, this is a flashlight. That's what we call a torch. Because, again... Nina is American. She does not understand British slang. Oh, that was a funny line, though. Like, I'll give them that. It was kind of funny. It was pretty funny. It was kind of funny. I was just getting mad because they kept really emphasizing that, like, Nina had no idea what these people were saying and she thinks England is so weird. I was just mad about the Nina being aggressive. Yeah, she is very aggressively American. It's like, just in case you missed episode one, let's remind you. American. It's just because you can't tell by the way that she doesn't have a British accent that Nina is American. She has to mention it a hundred times 
has a giant USA map on her wall. And I will always say she doesn't understand British slang. So then Nina, like, takes her lock and she opens the panel and she goes in. And then Fabian sees the painting, the eyes of the painting, and he screamed and dropped the flashlight. Very scared. So scared. It's Joy. Yes. Oh, man. Joy is not a painting. Isn't that the plot of the yellow wallpaper? I've never read the yellow wallpaper. Oh, I read that in high school. I don't remember. Is that the plot of that? I thought she just, like, drones on about the wallpaper. But I don't remember. No, I'm thinking that in this this book or, like, poem or whatever it is, someone turns into wallpaper. I haven't read it, so I cannot confirm I thought she was just, like, trapped in the room. And she's, I don't know. It's been, like, a very, I read that in high school. I graduated high school in 2013. It's been a minute, so... (laughs) Turned into a wallpaper doesn't actually make any sense. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with it. I think that when they were on the podcast talking about the yellow wallpaper, that they implied someone turned into wallpaper, but I also might just be stupid. I was going to say, like, our friends that read books that are listening to this, they're, like, shaking their heads right now, like, oh, God, these idiots. They're not really going off topic talking about random books. This is the Book Ho podcast. We're just going to shout them out every episode. <laughs> we took a brief break. We looked up the yellow wallpaper. We found out that in the yellow wallpaper, the woman is basically hallucinating, I think, and she um basically thinks that there's a woman stuck inside the wallpaper, so I think that's where I was going with the joys in the painting is the yellow wallpaper thing. Even though there wasn't actually anyone stuck in the wallpaper. <laughs> stuck in the wallpaper, and there's joys also not in the painting, so it's fine. Uh, somebody write an AU fic about this, but it's Patricia who thinks the joy is in the painting. Okay, so in the laundry room, Alvy walked in and he tells Amber that she looks nice. And she's like, you look weird. And as if he usually does his laundry dressed like that because he's dressed like fancy. And then she's like, you need to go because I don't want Mick to find you here. And basically says that Mick wrote the message to her that Alfie actually wrote. And then Alfie covers because he realizes that she doesn't think that he wrote the message and says... He came into the laundry room to get his shirt. He grabs a tank top that says Rock Chicks Rule. And then while he grabbed the tank top, he left a rose next to the laundry basket. And Amber's like, your outfit is weird. Makes him leave. Poor Alfie. Poor Alfie. Does not deserve this. So whose shirt is this? Patricia's? Yeah, I was <laughs> thinking the same thing. Gotta be Patricia's, but does Alfie ever return it? Does he, like, just go up to her the next day? Like, in the hallway, like, I have your shirt. You're like, weird. Okay. I don't Alfie just wearing the rock chicks rule tank top for all eternity. And even like the shirt in general is 2011. Alfie finds it after they graduated and they're cleaning out their rooms and he's just like, Patricia, I have your shirt. That that makes me so sad. That's so so sad. I need a fanfic. Yeah, can I make like sad, like Petralfi graduating fanfic? (laughs) Is that. Like, here's your rock chick Let's, rules tank okay, top. Okay, yeah, that kind of, I kind of in my feels now. <laughs> Patralfi. I have a lot of Patralfi feels. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's time for our weekly tangent. What kind of nonsense will it be today? It's the tangent of the week. Patralfi is the only consistent friendship through the That's entire true. series. Oh, you're like, right. they're friends in season one, they're and then good. they're still friends in season three, and as we see, like, every time they split up, it's Patricia and Alfie, and then Baby and Eddie and KT. Honestly, like, every right. single time they split you're up, right. it's, like, the trio that is Baby and Eddie KT, iconic, and the duo that is Patricia and Alfie, also iconic. 
Well, the thing is that Eddie always signs a Patricia with Alfie because he's like, well, I can trust you. So I don't know what that means. I think he just thinks Alfie's not going to flirt with Patricia. But then he also gets jealous because he's like, he was into your twin. Therefore, he likes you. That was in season two. No, I guess he realized that they're like bros. (laughs) Well, no, Alfie can't be the maid of honor at the wedding. It's got to be Piper. That's so sad. (laughs) They can share... Wait, wait, concept. This is gonna be another fucking tangent, but concept. Alfie and Piper are both in the wedding, they fall back in love. <gasps> wait, cause wait, I feel like I feel like Eddie could make Alfie the man yeah, like, the best man. Unless I'll like he makes KT the best man, but like that doesn't make any sense either. So Okay. So if we get into my who which friendships do I think are like still consistent after high school is I feel like the yeah. boys are still consistent after high school. They're maybe yes. like not super duper close, but they like still talk and like make an effort to like yeah. hang out. But like I think Alfie would be like the consistent in their lives yeah. like, after graduation and mostly because like Alfie's kind of Jerome. I think he's close on all sides. I feel like Eddie and Fabian for like a whole like year would be really close still and then all of a sudden just like stop talking to each other and be like Let's we were friends. I, I feel like Mara and Joy. I also get the same. I also get the same vibes from Katie and Eddie that they would like be close for like a year. Did they graduate? But then like kind of be like, oh, different places of the world. Kind of friends, but I don't know if they would be like BFFs. Yeah. Petrofi is forever though, and that's my commentary on that one. Petrofi is forever. Does Petrofi the ship of the week? Petrofi doesn't even like interact with the ship of the week. <laughs> they don't even speak to each other. That's how far our tangents went. They didn't even speak to each other. Piper is the ship of the week. Petrofi writes right. forever. <laughs> this this is my ideal situation. This really do be the tangent of the week. Petrofi forever. Piper forever. Pipey forever. I I split this head cannon. Am I wrong? I know. I will stick by this. Yeah. Hi, I'm Brenna. I'm from America, and I support this head cannon. Megan's going to come for me for supporting this head cannon. I'm kidding. Megan will be. Fine. Oh, what's the Ben Piper thing? Yes, which is a very similar concept to this. I like that. I also enjoy one. that theory. We have one brand for Piper head cannons. Yeah. And it's just- I enjoy it. I'm just such a pipey shipper. And we know this. Honestly, you're so valid, though. You're allowed. The whole Petrofi pipey situation is the most on-brand shit you'll ever hear from me on this podcast. Yeah, keep count, guys. How many times will Laura bring up Piper in this podcast when she's only in three episodes? How many times will Laura bring up Piper before Piper shows up on this Yeah. I bet we make a drinking game next week. How many times is Piper brought up? How many times do I bring Piper into the situation when she's irrelevant? How many times can Emily bring in Eddie into the situation when he's irrelevant? How many times will I turn stupid things into Mick and Mara moments? We're doing great here at the podcast. We apparently want to die. is kind of relevant, though. We're bringing up Piper and Eddie, and they are, like, not existing right now. Piper's not in right now. Eddie is in America right now. Fair. At least, like, I'm I'm in their season. Like, this. But, like, catch me still bringing up Makara when Mick's in Australia. So just get ready. 
that will be happening. Um, Nina, okay, so we're back in the attic, and Nina's assuring Fabian that it was just a portrait, and they took it out of the room to get a better look. And then they're also aggressively flirting while they're doing this, and I suddenly am a Fabina shipper in this year 2020. Welcome. So the portrait is of, like, a young girl, and Nina's like, I know her. So she holds up her locket, and the picture of the girl that the painting is is the same picture that's inside her locket. So then Nina and Fabian decide to look at the back of the portrait, and they see Egyptian hieroglyphs, and Fabian, smart, takes a picture of them with his cell phone. Oh my god. Well. A cell phone's existed? <gasps> I had no idea. you his cell phone camera to take a picture of something relevant to the mystery. Brain cell of the week, Fabian. This might be the only time. Fabian, brain cell of times a million. So then we come back to the laundry room. There's a lot of cutting between locations. So Amber's asleep on top of the washing machine. Trudy wakes her up and Amber's confused and she's like, is this, are you Mick? And Trudy's like, Amber, you voluntarily being in the laundry room is a first. And then Trudy asks Amber what's the matter and she's like, boys. And Trudy comforts her. This is cute. I agree. Boys are dumb. Does Trudy do their laundry or do they do their laundry? I think Trudy does it. I wonder if it's like a chore wheel thing. Like if they, like, they'll get assigned laundry, but like maybe Trudy seems like the kind of house mom would be like, I understand you're busy with school, lovelies. I'll do your chores for you. Except for dishes. She makes them do the dishes always. Oh, I could see that. Maybe, because we see her, like, washing stuff for Mick, and we, like, see that she's like, Amber, you're never in the laundry room, so, like, Amber's clothes gotta get washed somehow. Yeah. I also love the idea that, like, because Trudy's kind of, like, given Amber a little bit of relationship advice, and I feel like Trudy is probably constantly keeping tabs on all the, like, crazy relationships that happens and doesn't say anything, but then when they need her help, she's like, I'm here to be your mom and give you relationship advice, and I think it's so cute. Trudy really does not know where Joy and Jerome come from. She's like, I don't know when this happened, and I don't have time to ask, but we got this guy. Trudy has a spreadsheet to keep track of all the relationships. I mean, me too. <laughs> so then Amber leaves to go get ready for school and she's looking sad and Trudy sees the rose that's sitting on top of the laundry room that Alfie had left and she smells it thinking it's a rose for her. It could be. It should it be. It should be. Trudy, I'll get you roses. Yeah, I'll send her. Me too. At school, Jerome is saying he can't believe that Amber thought the message was from Nick and ask Alfie if he thinks someone messed with the message and Alfie's like, duh. So Jerome's basically like, Oh, lol, who would ever do this thing that I totally did not do? Also, Alfie has pictures of, like, bikini- girls in bikinis in his locker. I noticed that, too! I was like, (laughs) what the fuck, Alfie? Seems, like, on brand for Alfie. You'd think, like, Jerome would have bikini girls in his locker, and I'd be like, seems legit. But that doesn't seem like Alfie's, like, vibe. Right? I agree. why would the school allow that? The school is like, have these like sexy bikini pictures in your locker. <laughs> no rules at this school. Jerome's like, who would do that? And Alfie's like, Mick did it. And Jerome's like, oh yes, Mick! So much chaos. Yeah, Jerome loves it. Jerome says that Amber still has the hots for Alfie, and Alfie's like, I didn't look like it when she kicked me out. Alfie's actually kind of smart here. But then Jerome kind of tries to hype Alfie up again, and it's like, I bet you 20 bucks that I can get Mick out of Amber's life by the end of the week and I can pave the way for you to move in on her. And then he's like, give me payment in advance. So it's not a real bet if he's making him pay him, but it's fine. Jerome 
With all of this, like, a whole scheme for Jerome to get 20 bucks from Alfie. Which is horrible. Like, all of this. <laughs> He's such a bad friend. So mean. Why are you being so mean to Alfie? That's so mean. But then, like, you know, this all comes back to bite him. Because Jerome's sitting here, like, maybe not intentionally trying to break up like Mick and Amber but like is you know helping to break up Mick and Amber so that Alfie can be with Amber but then Mick's now single and is gonna start flirting with Mara which means now Jerome can't be with Mara so he just kind of like screws himself in the end haha deserves it (laughs) so then Patricia and Mara in the hallway and Patricia tells Mara that Mr. Sweet comes walking down the hallway to just keep talking which Mara's like not about because she's quote unquote, not so good at that talking to people thing. <laughs> I love mood. Patricia just strolls into Mr. Sweet's office because I guess he just leaves it casually unlocked when he's not in there. Except <laughs> in season two. Maybe this is why he started to lock his office every time. Maybe because Patricia started in, stealing stuff. He got smart. So then he realizes that he should lock his office when he leaves. So then he, Mara looks panicked and stops Mr. Sweet and asks him if she could talk to him about some things that are on her mind and tries to drag it out. So, Patricia hearing Mara while she's in the office is, like, rummaging through Mr. Sweet's drawers, and Mara says an iconic line and tells Mr. Sweet she wants to talk to him about endangered hedgehogs. Which there are wild hedgehogs in the UK, because I asked on Twitter. So we didn't have to ask you on the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, because I was like, I don't know. Thank I you. love the idea of hedgehogs running around like squirrels. I don't know. I don't know if they're that common, but I just, that's something we would never see here. No, apparently the UK has like lots of wild hedgehogs, lots of wild badger. Like, why yeah. has the UK got these cute wild animals? I would right. love to insult raccoons, but, you know, but I shouldn't do that. We're, 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 I don't know. I kind of like raccoons. Grace, we're sorry, Grace. I saw a baby one earlier today. Like, oh, they're so cute. And then I saw an adult one, like, when I was driving home, and it was, like, looked like it was gonna murder me, so, like, I'm not their fan right now. They're just cute little trash pandas. There's raccoons in the trash can in my apartment complex, like, in the outside garbage bin, so we can't throw out our trash at night. Because they'll attack you. It's okay, they're still cute. So, Mara's like, hedgehogs demand our respect, Mr. Sweet, and our sympathy. Yes, Mara. Tell him. <laughs> Go off, I guess. And, I mean, we now forever associate hedgehogs with Mara. I was so surprised that the hedgehog scene was, like, episode two. Yeah, because it's so iconic. I don't know, it felt like it was in the middle of the season, but... So, Patricia grabs Joy's file, and Mara continues to try to stall, and he, she's all like, we gotta do something about this! And Mr. Speed is like, teach them road safety? Sassy. <laughs> so Mara's like, I thought you liked animals. So then Mr. Sweet, because Mara's, like, guilt-tripping him, it's like, can you tell me more about hedgehogs? But then, behind his back, Patricia leaves the office and Mara sees that, so then she's like, nah, this is boring, bye! <laughs> also, so I saw this on TikTok first, but then I caught it again when I was watching it. If you pay attention to the extras and the background in this scene, there's, like, a guy standing at his locker, and this girl just kind of walks by, and he, like, very dramatically, like, pops out from behind his locker and just, like, checks out this girl. Just, like, you know, the extras <laughs> doing their thing. I love the extras. We stand the House of Newest extras and the House of Newest extras only. I like how this was apparently a TikTok. 
Yeah, well, because someone on TikTok in the House of Anubis tag was like, look, my brother was on House of Anubis, and, like, put that scene in there. Oh, same. I would have loved to be, like, a random extra in House of Anubis. I would have lived for that. What I've gathered is this random person on TikTok's brother was thirsty while being an extra on a TV show. <laughs> I, my good, good friend, it's cool, growing up mentality is, I don't know why I wrote this here or why I made this a note, but, like, so... Clearly, they're at, a, like, a fancy boarding school, so, like, how is Patricia allowed to just, like, have random bright-colored hair streaks in? Like, how is that not, like, against the dress code? What is the dress code here? Also, I- I don't know. There is no dress code. Nick wears a hoodie, like, half the time. Nick is wearing his sports uniform. Did you guys see the brooch that she had on, Patricia? She had this, like, apple pin on her blazer, and I was like, where did this come from? Like, why are you wearing this apple? Patricia tries to be really extra with her clothing, and I don't under. I don't know. I don't know. The school's dress code. That's why we're just talking. The school's dress code. There is no dress code. That's the dress code. But, like, there is because they all have to wear a uniform. It's very confusing. The girls can wear really short skirts and, like, crazy high heels. And in one scene, they're like, no jewelry allowed. But then, like, a scene later, they're like, we pretend we do not see your your jewelry. (laughs) There's a dress code when it's, like, convenient for them. For the adults, but also I don't can't imagine the school really wants to enforce a dress code that hard either. Probably not. They're too busy like trying to find immortality, you know. In the kitchen, Trudy sees Victor putting roses into a vase, and she's like, "I found this one in the laundry room this morning. I wonder how it got there." And Victor's like, "I don't know, but it's wilting." <laughs> and then Trudy calls putting the rose there a lovely gesture, and she said it brightened up her day. And she's like really into Victor for some reason. Me, I don't know. Like I don't understand. Why? But, like, good for her. Trudy deserves better than Victor, but okay. <laughs> Trudy deserves true love. Honestly. HOA spinoff where Trudy finds love. Actually, then she'd have to leave the school. I don't, I don't know. Well, can she find love at the school? What about Uncle Abe? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trudy and Uncle Abe forever, yeah! The best Trudy ship. Then we come back to the school and Mr. Sweet is just drinking tea in his office and opens his door and notice the key to his file drawer is missing and then he sees that the key is just stuck in the drawer because I guess Patricia left it there and then he realizes that Joy's file is missing and this is their fault because they left her file super accessible just in the drawer of files they didn't get rid of it they didn't burn it they didn't take it and put it anywhere but they photoshopped her out of the school picture very badly and they put all their effort into that and he leaves his office door unlocked yeah so whose fault is that okay but that's so weird because in season three, they constantly are stealing files from Mr. Sweet's office. And they're not in this, like, weird space. He, like, decides to leave them unlocked them in season three. At least in season one, they're in, like, a locked box. Not Joy's was. He got even less and only protective. Was. He, he was like, I don't care about protecting my files whatsoever at all. Mr. Sweet said, we don't care about them files. Them students' files. Honestly. So then Patricia and Mara are just in the, like, school lounge or whatever it is, a place where they're always hanging out, and Patricia takes Joy's file out of her bag, and Mara's like, why didn't you write down the number? Points <laughs> were made. Good points were made. This is why Mara's got the brain True. cell, and, and which is why we can never pick her for brain cell of the week. It's just not fair to anyone else. But Fabian remembered to use his phone to take pictures this week, so, like, go Fabian. Patricia was like, I didn't have time with your distraction about hedgehogs. But Mr. Sweet was getting real into it, so she probably would have had time. So then Patricia's like, Mara, keep a lookout for teachers. 
five seconds after she told Mara that she was bad at keeping a lookout for teachers and distracting them. She finds Joy's home number in the file. She shoves the file back in her bag and says she'll call Joy when they get back to the house. She should have written down the number then or she should have taken a picture of it or put it in her cell phone. Amateur move. And then we cut to Victor's office. His phone rings. It's Mr. Sweet. And he tells Victor that Joy's file got taken. Victor's like, I'll do what needs to be done. We see Jerome and Alfie walk back in the house. Victor says he's going to search their coats and bags. And they're questioning him. But he's like, don't question me. And then Patricia and Mara walk in. Patricia is trying to refuse to have her bag searched. But Victor's like, she has something to hide. And what? And she's like, what's gone missing? He's like, something very valuable went missing. And whoever took it is in deep trouble. And then our cliffhanger for the week is Victor taking Patricia's dun, dun, bag. Cliffhanger <laughs> face. So we have to decide the ship of the week. Oh no, my I nominated Fabina. I, I... Yeah, I'd say Fabina is probably the flirtiest couple of the week. Fabina was cute in this episode. I, as a joke, was going to nominate Victor Trudy, but Fabina does make points. Nah, Trudy can be better. We'll give Fabino ship of the week. And then, who has the brain cell this week? I like how so unconfident we sound. Oh, I... We're like, Fabino is cute. Baby. Baby kind of gets the brain cell for remembering self Yeah, for this. sure. And Nina's still being smart. <laughs> yeah, they're both doing... Right. Look at them. Fabino winning like right that now. Ship, smartest people. Is season two goes downhill for them? For Nina? Week two. Am I wrong? Apparently Nina is smart. Proud of her. In yeah, season I'm one. proud of Nina for like In season smart. one. Anyways. So, the cast news of the week. On Friday, we watched Eurovision's song contest, The Story of Fire Saga for Bobby Lockwood, because he was in that. But... He was in that very briefly. Laura, you have to tell us who he played. He played Gary, right? No, his name is Jeff. It was Jeff. His name no, Gary. Is Gary just like pet? But where's Jeff from? Jeff the American. Like, we could not have planned this any better. Yeah, we didn't know that Bob was only in it for five minutes, but it was pro- um, made better by the fact that he was playing yeah, American. He was in it more than I expected. Because when he first. Oh my god. His yeah, you get to hear though. like if you watch this movie for any reason, watch it because you get to hear Bobby Lockwood with an American accent acting like a frat bro. It's hilarious. Like it made my day. I'll try to insert like a clip of him talking. <laughs> We're going to Paris, bro. No. Iconic. Okay, and also fuck Lars. Yeah. Oh my God. Like poor secret. That girl deserves everything, and we don't like Lars. Lars can f off. I'm sorry. But it was fun. It was a very chaotic movie, but it was kind of fun. Yeah, the soundtrack's really fun. I was really enjoying the music. Yeah, and it was funny. I definitely laughed out loud. Must the movie be good? Is it not enough to have singing and Bobby Lockwood? Yeah. And then, like, I feel like I was surprised, because, like, when Bobby had his first scene, I figured that was it. And then you get to see him more than once. So, like, they really did that for us. They really let American Bobby win. It's what we deserve as fans. Oh, yeah. If you're looking for something to watch, if you want to support Bobby Lockwood, Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga on Netflix. For the com- something fun for this week, we said we might comment on some people's hot takes because we went on Twitter and asked for hot takes. Now, I think we're either going to make like a Google form or a Curious Cat or something for hot takes for now on that people can send in to us. However, if you send us hot takes about something that's not season one, 
or something that hasn't happened yet or something that won't happen until season two or season three. We're not going to talk about it until season two or season three. So that's a heads up. Yeah, that. just keep that in mind. We'll address them eventually. It just You're going to have to wait a while. Oh, we should definitely talk about Danny saying, also, why didn't the adults play Joy's kidnapping better? Just send Nina to the school on time and tell Joy she was transferring schools. She didn't even really need to know what was going on until the last second, to be honest. True, though. Yes, Danny. I agree. Yeah, not wrong. Oh, somebody, oh, no, it's also Danny. I will stand by, by that this drone quote was supposed to mean something more than it did. I don't know why I have it so embedded into my brain. But it had to do with the backstory, but that it had to do with the backstory. And that's the Patricia, you've disappeared more than enough times, which I think we talked briefly about last week. Yeah, we kind of discussed it a little bit. Like, we kind of want to know, like, what happened? What was Patricia doing? Where was she going? Why was Why she, is she disappearing? Well, kind of want to know. Give us the answer. I know there's a scene where she's on the phone with her mom and her mom, she said something like, I'm not making it up this time. So I don't know if she, like, does stuff like run away for, like, attention or if she, like, acts out for attention because we, like, know when we meet Piper that she felt like she wasn't enough for her yeah. parents. So I don't... Somebody Wait, give my girl a hug. Like she... Except they probably don't. She yeah, somebody needs to give Patricia a hug. So maybe she thinks that, like, her parents pay, like, all their attention to Piper so if she runs away, her parents will pay attention to her. I could see that. It would check out, to be quite honest. Um, so this one, I think we could talk about too. So Sarah said that Patricia was definitely rude to Nina in the first episode, but also all the adults were straight up gaslighting her and she was loyal to her friend. Not wrong. She's completely Facts. right about that. The adults really like were trying to pretend to her that Joy never existed and she was just worried about why her friend disappeared with no warning or no knowledge of anything. Like, Yeah, so she was being rude, but it was justified. She's just looking out for Joy. Yeah. Like, sucks that Nina got the brunt of that situation because Nina obviously had nothing to do with it, but, like, the adults were really not being nice to Patricia. Yeah, it's like the meme where it's, like, the movie villain versus the real villain. The real villain was the adults. Do we want to discuss the ampy-kissing situation, the kiss situation? Because that was a commentary from last week. I definitely think we should. So, Grace brought up the point. So, Willow and Alfie's kiss in season three was not scripted. That was improvised by... Or it's not even season three. It's touched on a bra. Like, they had to wait that long. As you know, (laughs) touched on a bra is my only personality trait. Anyways, so the wealthy kiss in touched on a bra was improvised by Louisa and Alex. And then... Grace also brought up that the only empty kiss we got was the stage kiss. So it's interesting that the only kisses Elfie got were either fake, aka the empty kiss, or improvised, because the character, the not the characters, the cast wanted it. Like why? Why no love for Elfie? Piper kissed him on the head. <laughs> on the head. Why no kisses for Elfie? Especially Amphi. Like, I feel like Amphi really deserved a kiss. So, I mean, I have a theory, but it's like a... It could turn into a touchy subject. Well, well, that's what Grace was implying, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, quite interesting. And I think she's right. I think she is kind of right, because Jerome got to make out with everyone. He made out with Mara. He made out with Willow. He made out with Joy. (laughs) 
Amber and Alfie, despite the fact that I don't even really ship them, were together for like two seasons and never kissed for real. Yeah, and they deserved it, so. Yeah, I mean, like, you let your white male leads be womanizers up in here. Yeah, but not your only black lead. Or yeah. at least your only black male lead. Yeah, because KT is eventually exists. Yeah, right? But then KT doesn't get anything either it's on that subject. No so, yeah, so interesting. Was it intentional? Hmm. I don't know. It could, but like subconsciously, it it is. Yeah, it's problematic. Yeah, because it's not like you know on like Disney Channel shows, like nobody ever really gets kisses. Yeah, but as we see on House of Anubis, everyone's kissing all the time. But Alfie never gets to kiss yeah. anyone except for a stage kiss, something that Alex and Louisa improv, or when Piper kissed him on the head, which is not a real kiss. Yeah. That also, doesn't count. Who just randomly meets someone and kisses them on the head? That's a weird pickup line by Piper. <laughs> I, maybe I no, it wasn't random. They were flirting. I mean, they were flirting, gross. but like, would you be standing there flirting with a guy and just kiss him on the head? I'm gonna try it next time I flirt with a guy. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> be like, hey, this is going really well. I'm just gonna like, kiss you on the head when I say goodbye. Bye. <laughs> I might get arrested. Like, like, yes, they were flirting. I'll give them that. However, if I was randomly standing here flirting with a guy, I wouldn't just kiss him on the head out of nowhere. I feel like he'd be like, are you okay? Piper has more game than you. Yeah, realistically, if I was going to be that bold, I'd go for the real kiss, you know? Yeah, like, at that point... (laughs) Let's make out. What are we doing? (laughs) Yeah, like... Maybe that's when Piper was trying to reply. She was like, I'm down, let's go. Piper got to make out with Eddie, but then she... Yeah, that's true. Like, they could have, I don't know. It would have been a little fast for it would have been a bit Piper and Alfie to kiss, but Piper I would have been here for it. Making out. <laughs> but that's I, what we wanted. I mean, that's, I would enjoy it. However, then it would really make no sense that Amphi didn't get to kiss if he randomly made out with Piper and never kissed Amber ever. <laughs> well, at the very least, I'm glad that Willow and Alfie got their kiss, even if they had to, like, do it themselves. I mean, so. the network didn't have to keep it in, so I guess that's something, right? I guess they were like, I guess you guys can kiss since you decided to do it on camera. I know other ships, well, not to go on a tangent, it's like our seventh tangent, so I like to watch pow- the series Power Rangers sometimes, and I know their last series... It was, like, one of the only seasons they've done, I think, since the original, like, Mighty Morphin, when I, before I was born. They had a actual couple on the show, the entire series. They never once kissed, because Power Rangers has some weird kiss rule, but the two actors who played the couple improved a kiss, and then it got cut still. So the networks don't have to keep that stuff in, so I guess it is nice to see that they kept it, but it's just really interesting as to why no love for Elfie. Yeah, yeah, like it could have been written in in the first place. Let Alfie have love. He has love interests, but he gets no real kisses. Suspicious. Suspicious. Anyway, I think that was it on hot takes, right? Those were the main ones I think You're that would work. Hot takes for... that we just declared relevant to this episode. We will go into more hot takes in the future. Yeah, and then like we said, we'll probably do some sort of Google form uh, so you can submit your hot takes if you have any more. Um, but again... Season one ones will get brought up quicker than any other seasons just because of how we're doing this. So keep that in mind. 
If you have any hot takes on House of Agendas slash House of Keys, send them in to us. (laughs) I am spiraling. (laughs) And I had a Panera coffee because they're free. (laughs) You're welcome. Thanks, Brenna. A real one. My whole office is like in on the Panera coffee. <laughs> oh, we're seeing. I'm so happy I provided. We are slowly getting like everyone at Kohl's to subscribe to it. We have a new manager, and my one coworker is like, "Yeah, I get free coffee from Panera now," and he's like, "Free coffee from Panera? Tell us more." So we're really getting everyone. Well, do you want to plug our social media, Laura? Okay, so follow us on social media on Instagram. We are at Anubis Backwards Pod. And on Twitter, we're at Anubis Podcast. Email us, AnubisBackwardsPod at gmail.com. Yeah. Sabuna, everyone. Sabuna, everybody. Sabuna.